This episode of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average hero's new name, same place. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 100th episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. I am the main event player, the Super C, the God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth, and this is the aftermath of NXT TakeOver War Games. There's only one match to contain this chaos. Eight fighters. Two teams of four. In two rings. In one... Black masses, evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning, as the war machine keeps turning, death and hatred to mankind. Until you are trapped inside of War Games. In the match that the Undisputed Era made famous in NXT. We are going to drag the four of you through absolute hell. Anybody who is stupid enough to join Shotzi's team, you're getting run over. My team is going to destroy at War Games. You better get yourself an army. We are going to war. Team LeRae, you're looking at your future. Shotzi Blackheart, Rhea Ripley, Amber Mood, and the NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai, are going to war. It was absolute chaos. It was absolute destruction. And War Games pretty much lived up to everything that happened just a few moments ago. Well, the 100th episode has arrived and War Games is officially over. Which means now the main event gets an opportunity to talk about what happened at the aftermath of NXT TakeOver War Games, and I gotta say, <laughs> as always, 
Takeover never disappoints, never does, and it never usually does, because while people can go ahead and talk about, well, they can go ahead and talk about the fact that a certain particular superstar became a champion, he also became a superstar, but the question is, how long will this supposed champion hold on to his title? And while he thinks that he's the biggest talk in all of AEW, there's a legend who not only walked in to AEW Dynamite, he also made headlines, made news, and have everyone talking. And I'm talking about the legendary Sting. And while people can talk about winter is coming, tonight, war was here. War had arrived. And it arrived in a very huge way. So AEW's Dynamite's Winter is Coming was phenomenal. was tremendous. But it had a few insults. A few people's minds fucked with, and even though there were a couple of good matches that happened, it didn't exactly live up to the expectations. And despite the fact that the fans, all of them, have said, oh, well, we wish AEW Dynamite, it should have went to a million. And you know what? I agree. But the thing is, it was close. It wasn't as close as you thought, but it's close. So while everyone was talking about AEW Dynamite, we were talking about war. And tonight, right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast, we are here to talk about war. We're here to talk about the aftermath that took place tonight at NXT TakeOver War Games. So here we're going to talk everything, including... The women's war games. We're also going to talk about the the match between Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, which has everyone talking. Also, another a great strap match between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes, and also the triple threat match, which. I predicted, I called it, and while people said there were no surprises coming at NXT, there were a few surprises, including someone that came in in the triple threat match, which I called, and then tick-tock, 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 and then war was upon us. The Undisputed Era and Team Pat McAfee. Who would wind up victorious in this year's War Games? Would the Undisputed Era lose another War Games for the third time? Or will Pat McAfee find out firsthand you don't go to war without a plan? So, I guess let's go ahead and start off with the women's war games. Shall we? Wait a minute, there's that mass superstar. Look at our new women's champion. There's Shotzi Blackheart running in a fierce. And Shirai retains her women's title. Candice LeRae 
has been completely obliterated. Shotzi, hey, Shotzi. You get in my way, I run you over. didn't just destroy my tank. She destroyed a piece of me. You want to send me a message, Candace? Well, here's one right back. We are going to war! <laughs> Let me introduce you to my war games team. Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and... What the? Oh! Tony Storm. Unpredictability, resilience, strength. I have everything I need to win at War Games. Well, that's NXT Women Champion Io Shirai. Candice LeRae's War Games team. Ripley trying to take them all by herself, but the numbers advantage too great. You gotta wonder if you're Shotzi Blackheart, what is going through your mind? this moment people like to tear you down they want to destroy everything but in life you rebuild and you rise up hey Shotzi it's our destiny organs I'm in every type needs his weapon your team missing some heavy artillery not anymore there's Rhea Ripley! There's Ember Moon! Let's go to war. There's two people, and they're damaged good. Team LeRae taking out Team Blackheart. Wait a minute! Io Shirai! We have found out who the fourth member is. Team Blackheart has the war game advantage! Team LeRae, you're looking at your future! Shotzi Blackheart, Rhea Ripley, Ember Moon, and the NXT Women's Champion! Io Shirai are going to war! So it was the, the first match that took place. Um, <clears throat> I made a prediction on the, um, the match that as much as I would like for Team Shotzi to win, I was actually looking more towards um Candice LeRae for several reasons. Um I think she had a bigger momentum. I thought that um you know she had a you know she had a better team in most ways, you know, but uh Shotzi had uh the NXT women's champion Io Shirai. Uh she had Rhea Ripley on her side and also Ember Moon. You know, you know had those women on their side while Candice had Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and um, uh, Tony Storm. And my prediction was that Candice LeRae's team would win. So this was a good match. I mean, I, I digged it from head to toe. Um, uh, it first started off with uh, Dakota Kai. And then right after Dakota Kai showed up, here comes... Um, all the members of uh, Team Shotzi, and then all of a sudden, uh, everybody remembers the the tank being run over, and it was cool. You know, <laughs> the tank was run over. Uh, well, I don't mean it's cool in that way, 
But then all of a sudden, you know, we kept seeing clips of Shotzi reconstructing her tank, you know, every single step of the way. And then all of a sudden we see the tank come by and it's pretty much like, you, you know, you remember seeing that, uh, that the tank that was pretty much a toy. Now, all of a sudden it, it got its own upgrade. <laughs> it got it. It got its own upgrade, like in a very huge way. And I was like, wow. I mean, everybody was on that tank. And then I saw, which looked like a missile launcher, uh, went right to Dakota Kai. I mean, she was in the cage anyway, right? She was in the cage. And even though that happened, uh, Dakota Kai managed to jump out of the way. And that's what happened. So it started with, um, it started with uh, Dakota Kai and um, Ember Moon. I mean, that's how it first started. Uh, the match lasted about five minutes. And then after that, you had for the, um, I think the next one was, if memory serves me correctly, I think it was, it was Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, that's right. It was Raquel Gonzalez. <coughs> No, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was um, Dakota Kai comes in first, then Ember Moon, and then after Ember Moon, I think was because um, uh, they had the women advantage. So I believe it was, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was Io Shirai or if it was, no, actually it was Shotzi Blackheart. Right, it was Shotzi Blackheart. And then after that, Raquel Gonzalez came in. And then Rhea Ripley came in. And then after Rhea Ripley was... Um, uh, if I remember correctly, was Tony Storm. And then after that, it would be uh, Io Shirai. And then Io Shirai... Uh, everyone was bringing every sort of... All sorts of weapons in the match. And it was just completely insane i mean i saw all sorts of toolboxes come in ladders came in kendo sticks came in there was okay and let me state for the record because i saw this everybody else saw this there was a sledgehammer in the match okay but that sledgehammer i mean it looked real it it did look real but when I think it was uh, Rhea Ripley went ahead and took the sledgehammer, went ahead and took that sledgehammer and was trying to, um, you know, beat the hell out of Dakota Kai. You figured a sledgehammer of that size would have taken out some. I mean, it's one thing when Triple H is carrying a real sledgehammer, when he's, well, he's carrying a real sledgehammer, when he's carrying a real sledgehammer to the ring. It's going to hurt. Um, I saw, uh, I saw the sledgehammer, right, and it looked okay. I mean, the sledgehammer was a pretty big size, but it looked more like it was rubber, right? Like a rubber sledgehammer. Like I've never seen a rubber sledgehammer before. So it was used in the match, and um, it, it was so funny. I mean, Dakota Kai got hit with it. But somehow managed to get back up, right? And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. She just hit you with a fuck. Rhea Ripley just hit you with a fucking sledgehammer, and somehow you managed to get up. Okay, so instantly my head was saying, okay, that was a fake sledgehammer. Um, you know, I mean, come on, it just it didn't look that real. I mean, well, 
I'm not, you know, trying to suggest that wrestling isn't real, but that's just me talking. But anyways, um, Io Shirai couldn't get in the ring. And then after that, here comes Candice LeRae, right? And Candice, um, <laughs> and she was real, real stupid for this because in the war games match, you have to have all the women involved in war games. All of them have to be in the cage. Io Shirai couldn't get in there, right? And Candace was trying to pin, I think, I think it was either Shotzi or somebody. She tried to pin somebody, but the referee had told her, no, no, everybody, war games doesn't start until all the members come in. So what happens, here comes, where's Io Shirai? All of a sudden, Io Shirai is at the very top of the cage, right? She's at the very top of the cage, and here what she does. She has become the evil Knievel of NXT because, you know what she did? She was at the very top of the cage, and she took a trash can, and what did she do? She wore the trash can. I'm not kidding. She wore the trash can, put it on her on her body, put it basically put it over her head, covered herself. She jumped off the top of the cage wearing the trash can and she crashed on everyone. And then after that, war games officially began. And I was like, that is the craziest silver bullet I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> But these ladies put on um put on a good show. Uh, I was just like, wow, you know, these I, I knew these women were gonna go all out at NXT Takeover War Games. They went ahead and, you know, beat the shit out of each other with kendo sticks, you know, there were ladders involved, there were um rubber sledgehammers involved in everything. And my thought was Candice LeRae was going to win somehow, but then I was like thinking, okay, what happens if, uh, if, uh, say Rhea Ripley or I'm not say if, um, uh, team Shotzi were to win, everything was going back and forth in this match and Rhea Ripley was beating the shit out of, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai was going hard on Shotzi, you know, everyone was going at each other left and right, you know, hitting each other with weapons. And let me tell you something, I know most guys probably think that it's, very sad to see women go over there and beat the shit out of shit out shit out of them and everything. But hey, these women wanted to be a part of this. They wanted to be a part of this war games, and they didn't. They put on a good show. They put on a very good show. Uh, and it was at the very very end where Io Shirai, um, I think she was caught caught by Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, I remember seeing a ladder that was placed right on where in between the rings. You know, and it was laid on the either the second or third rope. I think it was the third rope. Second rope, I'm sorry. Which is in the middle. And then all of a sudden I saw Raquel Gonzalez uh powerbomb Io Shirai and right through the ladder. And I'm like, oh God. And and that that ladder was torn in half completely at the hands of Raquel Gonzalez. And then after that, one, two, three. Uh, I guess you could say the prophecy came true. Uh, Io Shirai got pinned. Team Shotzi lost. And Team Candice won. And this would be the beginning. <laughs> this would be the beginning of of what I would call a tremendous war games. Um, the women put on one hell of a show. Put on everything that you expected and more. And it was great. It was very, very good. Uh...
I, I well, I predicted that um, <clears throat> it was going to end up in her uh, their favor. It happened. It happened right. So somehow in the near future, not sure if Candice LeRae is going to get an opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship, but I think, and I think a lot of people will agree upon this, I think Raquel Gonzalez definitely deserves to have that opportunity, even if Candice LeRae team wants. So <laughs> that was... Um, one thing that was out of the way. So Team Candice, uh, Team Candice wins over Team Shotzi. Uh, the next match that happened was a, a tremendous wrestling match, and this was a hard hitting, a real hard hitting match. And the thing I like about NXT is the, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: NXT does not insult my intelligence. It doesn't make me feel like you know none of this is bullshit. You know, unlike AEW, where you get one match, looks good, but then you get another match that lasts about 20, 30 minutes, and you get false finish after false finish after false finish, and then it finally comes to this conclusion where you finally pin this individual, and okay, it's like, why couldn't you do that the first time? Why couldn't you do that? And they have to use ladders and, and tables and all that, and, and, and there's no need for that. Here... In the match between Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, two grown men, two men going face-to-face in the ring. And the thing that I loved about this match is the difference uh, is when you get someone like a Timothy Thatcher, he's not, he's not the best-looking guy on the planet. I mean, when you look at him, he's, he's a grizzled individual, he looks like a grown adult. He looks like a wrestler. And he and not only looks like a wrestler, he knows how to be a wrestler. And he went in full force against Tommaso Ciampa, who's a former NXT champion and a former tag team champion. And to me, when I was looking at this match, these guys were putting on a clinic. These guys were putting on a match. These guys were... You know, putting submission hold after submission hold. I was seeing punches left and right. Uh, Timothy Thatcher was trying to go after Tommaso Ciampa's neck. Because the the thing I like is when a person understands his opponent very, very well. And you know that this person had a recent neck injury and you want to expose it. That's exactly what happened with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. His neck was exposed. Timothy Thatcher did everything in his power to hurt his neck, break it, submit it, do whatever he can. And it was impressive. It was very, very impressive. Tommaso Ciampa, despite him being hurt, he wasn't going to stop. He kept going and going and he kept, you know, you know, hitting every single move that he can, hitting with knees, hitting with right hands. Uh, there was this one part, I think... Um, and this is the part where it got real gruesome, and it was good. I like this because this is this is classic old school wrestling. Tommaso Ciampa, I think, if I remember correctly, I mean, I think he hit uh, in the submission hole. Something was cut. I noticed that uh, Timothy Thatcher was bleeding, and I was wondering what, where is he bleeding from. And then all of a sudden, I was noticing his ear, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And his ear was bleeding. Right, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. Now, in NXT and in the WWE, obviously they don't allow blood in the match. But when you see something like that, that's something that's missing from wrestling. 
you you know you can have AEW does have matches that involve blood and all that other stuff, which is fine, which is fine, which is okay. But sometimes you get too much of it, way too much of it, and that's kind of going too far. When you get just a bit of it, it it's it's like okay, that works. It's believable. These two guys hate each other, and these two guys are really beating the shit out of each other, and I love it. I love it. So Tommaso Ciampa was trying to hurt. You know, Timothy Thatcher every step of the way. My prediction was Timothy Thatcher was going to, is going to somehow, you know, sneak in a victory. And, you know, if he gets hurt or Tommaso gets hurt, there's going to be, you know, a, a sneak, a, a one move, uh, or somebody could interfere. Who knows? That's what I kept hoping for the match to be. But instead, the match was hard hitting. Tommaso Ciampa was basically out wrestling him, out beating the shit out of him, you know, doing all, everything. And then I guess one wrestling hold, and this was this is what took place. A wrestling hold beat a wrestler in a wrestling match. Tommaso Ciampa covered him, laid him out, covered him completely, you know, hold his uh, hold his arms down, hold his, you know, everything down to make sure his shoulders were on the mat. One, two, three, Tommaso Ciampa won, won the match. And I was just like, oh, 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 wow. And at the very, very end of the match, at the very end of the match, these two were looking at each other. And this is like like something you would see in an old school match from like uh, like Mid-South Wrestling or Mid-Atlantic Wrestling or old school wrestling you see back in the NWA days. When you see two men, two grown men that are beating the shit out of each other, you know who the heels and the baby faces are in this environment. But, you know... In, in in this case, it's hard to tell what the baby faces are and everything else like that when it comes to AEW. In NXT, I think Tommaso Ciampa was the baby face in this one, and Timothy Thatcher was the heel. So, Tommaso Ciampa wins over Timothy Thatcher, and I wouldn't mind seeing these guys go at it one more time because this is exactly what I see in NXT. This is exactly what I love to see when I watch, you know, NXT on TV. Two men fighting it out, submissions, um, you know, every single wrestling hold you can possibly imagine. And while people can consider it boring, there are no ladders involved. There are no chairs involved or thumbtacks. You don't need any of those shit. All you need is your feet, your arms and your intelligence. That's what wrestling is about. And that's why I like NXT a lot more. Because this was a fight. And this was a fight between two grown-ass men. To everyone watching tonight, everyone on the network, everyone following online, and everyone in the locker room, enjoy your war games tonight. Enjoy the craziness, enjoy the big risks, enjoy the spectacle, but remember one thing, when the sirens stop and the cage raises, we get back to what matters most, the time for team sports is over. This Wednesday, all eyes go back on the Prince. 
Looks like the Prince is coming back this coming Wednesday night at NXT. Coming up on Wednesday only on the USA Network. Get an opportunity to check out NXT on the USA Network and check out the return of the Prince. The NXT champion is looking to appear. And speaking of appearances and speaking of another match, uh, we go from one hell of a match between two, as I stated, grown-ass men, and then you have, uh, I I wouldn't say grown-up, I would say more along the lines of, um, well, between two men and a strap, you know, that's what, that's what uh, took place in this one, so you have... Um, a strap match between Cameron Grimes and uh, Dexter Loomis. Um, I made the prediction that as much as I'd like Dexter Loomis to win, I think this is going to lay in the factor of possibly seeing um, possibly seeing uh, Cameron Grimes win the match. And for several reasons is I mentioned on on uh, on a group board somewhere where I mentioned that Cameron Grimes does have experience in strap matches. Now, I, I followed Cameron Grimes' career when he was known as Trevor Lee back in uh, Impact Wrestling. And Trevor Lee does have experience in strap matches. And he pretty much proved it tonight at NXT TakeOver. Now, people don't really pay attention to that stuff. I mean, they just look for the gore, and they just look for the strap, and they look for whatever. I was looking for, okay, what do they have to offer? How do they pull it together? And will this work? Well, Cameron Grimes, who has the experience, who's been a part of strap matches before, and knows what he has to do in the ring. Now, Dexter Loomis, well, he may look like a serial killer in every way possible. Don't let, don't let him fool you. I mean, he's been a, I don't think he's ever been a part of a strap match like this, but I know that he's, you know, he's going to do whatever he can because he asked for the match. He asked for the match, and he got it at NXT TakeOver. So, much like the women's match, the matchup was not going to happen until both men were strapped, right? One was, you know, one person was strapped on one end, and the other person was strapped on the other end. And Cameron Grimes was being smart. He was being very, very smart. Because while the referee was trying to tell Dexter Loomis to go ahead and put the strap on, Cameron Grimes was pulling away and and that was a smart move because he went ahead and started attacking Dexter Loomis and the match hasn't even started which is good you have to strap yourself on the uh, in order for the match to start and these guys were going at it outside for like i would say maybe 5 minutes 10 minutes you know right right before Dexter Loomis you know got himself composed and then finally put himself in the uh, on the strap and then the match started and um, right away, you know, I, I saw exactly what to expect. And, you know, and I knew right away that, you know, Cameron, Gr- uh, Cameron Grimes' uh, experience would play, play a factor in the match. <coughs> because a lot of people don't look into that. They really, really don't. Because all they want to do is they go ahead and, you know... Uh, they want to go ahead and just think that, you know, oh, Cr- Cameron Grimes don't know how to do this or or nothing knows this or everything else like that or whatever, however it goes. I look at it as Cameron Grimes is going to put on a good match. He's going to lay it to Dexter Loomis. But Dexter, on the other hand, it, he's going to try and uh, go after him 
no matter what. You know, he's going to continue to go after him and continue to try to find ways to beat him no matter what. But um, uh, Cameron Grimes, he, you know, and his experience came in a lot in this matchup. He, he was, you know, pretty much beating the hell out of Dexter Loomis during that matchup. Uh, my prediction was that Cameron Grimes was going to win. He was going to win his match over... Um, over Dexter Loomis because, as I stated, you know, he has experience in strap matches like these. And Dexter Loomis doesn't know how to, you know, function in a in a strap match, right? But I wouldn't underestimate Dexter Loomis for anything. Don't let the don't let the complexion of his face and everything fool you and fool everybody else. Because while people can say that, oh, well, he doesn't know shit about a strap match. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at all. The match was good. Uh, Dexter Loomis had um, uh, put everything on. Uh, Cameron Grimes was amazing in the ring, and he let his experience take over, you know? And then at the end, um, Cameron Grimes had pretty much, uh, you know, he thought he was going to be able to get him, right? He thought he had Dexter Loomis for sure. But at the end, um, one mistake and it'll cost you. And from the moment Dexter Loomis put on his uh, submission hold, he put on that choke hold on him, that was it. And he laid the, the strap right on Cameron Grimes and pretty much trapped him like a, like a black widow would trap his prey. So I predicted Cameron Grimes would win. It didn't happen. Um, Dexter Loomis won the strap match and beat the hell out of um, Cameron Grimes. Dexter Loomis wins the match. And then the next, uh, the next match, this was the one I was looking forward to because um, it was a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Now, my prediction was that Johnny Gargano was going to win. And my thought was there was going to be a surprise. There was going to be a surprise involved in this match. And I had posted it out on, not only on my Facebook and my Twitter, but I posted it out on uh, several wrestling groups that I was a part of. And there were some people that kind of like, I, I would say probably dogging me, telling me, oh, there's not going to be any surprises. And <laughs> my... My thought was, are you fucking kidding me? You know, so there were a couple of surprises, by the way. One surprise in particular, and and this is something that I uh, almost left out, but it did happen, and it happened tonight. Um, when I mentioned the words TikTok, right away, I mean, pretty much people know what it is. And he's coming, and it wouldn't surprise me if he shows up over this coming Wednesday over at NXT. Karrion Cross, you know, he didn't make an appearance at NXT TakeOver, but there was a video package of, um, there was a vulture that was standing right there, and I kept hearing tick-tock, 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 and right away, it's like I knew it, uh, Cameron, uh, Karrion Cross was on his way, and he was on his way back, and my thought is, and we see this coming, I think Karrion Cross is going to be coming back 
this coming Wednesday. And I think fans are going to see the face-to-face encounter, which is going to be tremendous. Finn Balor face-to-face with Karrion Cross. Uh, I think that's going to happen this coming Wednesday. Can't wait to check it out. So I mentioned surprises. Uh, I had put out my predictions on the surprises. Two of them were, one was Ridge Holland, and I thought he would show up, but a lot of people have been telling me that I don't think he's coming because of his injury, which no doubt, you know, he, he may not show up until maybe in 2021. You know, that's, you know, possibility, but who knows? He could show up before you know it, and you don't expect it. And and then the other one was Austin Theory. Now, <coughs> I mentioned that, uh, I think I mentioned this a while back, Austin Theory had said he quit and he was done. And I had this thought in my head and I'm like thinking, okay, we got a triple threat match for the North American Championship. Damien Priest against Leo Ruff and uh, Damien Priest. And my thought is, okay, with all due respect, Leon Ruff, great athlete. But uh, in my view, I don't think he's proven anything yet. But I, 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 as I said on the groups on a group session, I hope the little kid loses the championship because we don't want to see that championship anywhere near him anymore. Please, he needs to prove himself in order to be the champion. So I have this, you know, this strange feeling that I know it's about to happen. So it, you know, just because you see the ghost face, you see the ghost face right away, you know something's about to happen. So we see the matchup, um, uh, Damien Priest versus uh, Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano. And uh, I predicted, I said Johnny Gargano would win it. And and I was still sticking with that. And if, if, if my man Damien Priest would win it, it would be great. But I'm still sticking with Johnny Gargano. So the match was good. Uh, Leon was trying everything in his power to prove a lot of people wrong. Because he didn't want to be the butt of anybody's jokes. And you see it, and I saw it, and everybody else saw it. So, Damien was trying to go after Johnny Gargano. But every time he tried to go after him, here's Leon trying to get in and trying to get involved. And he's telling Leon, dude, get out of the way, dude. Get out of the way, dude. Get out of the way, dude. Get out of the way. And then there was one point in the match where uh, he was about to hit the razor's edge. And when he hit the razor, razor's edge on um, Leon Ruff, he pretty much took him out. Took him out from the outside. And this was a no disqualification and a triple threat match. So this match was going to continue either way. So you took him out. And I'm thinking we're never going to see this kid ever again unless he comes out the very, very end. So now it's between Johnny Gargano and uh, Damian Priest. Between these two, someone's going to walk out with the North American Championship. And then all of a sudden, like I would say maybe five, ten minutes into the match, all of a sudden, here comes Leo. And I'm like, oh, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? Somebody get this kid out of here. Can somebody call this kid's parents, please? And that's what that's pretty much what I said. Somebody call this kid's parents, please, and get him home, please. We don't want to see him anymore. So I had told a lot of people, and I kept saying this over and over again, expect a surprise. Expect something to happen. Just wait. Just wait and see. And then, all of a sudden, during the match, 
you know, Damien Priest was on a roll. He had everything going. And then all of a sudden, here comes all these ghost faces, you know? And I'm seeing, I'm, it's like an episode of Scream. You know, Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, Scream 5, Scream 6, Scream 7, Scream 8, Scream 9, Scream 10. There was practically 10 different Scream ghosts or ghost screams or whatever the fuck they are. And my thought was, okay, expect one of them. And I said this, and I'm going to reveal it right here, right now. Expect one of them to be Austin Theory. And then I mentioned, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I, I, I blew that off. And everyone thought I was lying, right? Everyone thought I was lying. During the match, all of a sudden, um, Johnny Gargano uh, did what I thought he, you know, it seemed like Damian Priest was about to, you know, win the North American Championship. But no matter what, Le- Leon Ruff was, he, he was trying and he, he gave it his all. He gave it everything he could. But I knew at the end, somehow something was going to happen. Uh, I told a friend of mine that he, he said, I hope this match doesn't disappoint me. And I told him, don't worry, this match ain't going to disappoint you for fucking shit. You're going to see a new champion and you're going to see a surprise. Wait and see. Then all of a sudden at the end, Johnny Gargano took advantage of a helpless situation. Damian Priest was left out. Leo Ruff was left out. Johnny Gargano pins the champion, one, two, three, and Johnny Gargano is the new North American champion. And then, then, after the match was over, he had the championship in his possession, he walked out of the ring, the ghost face was there, and then one of the ghost face members had unmasked, and it was Austin Theory. And I called it, I called it straight up like I see it. And this is the thing that I've told many, many people. There's a reason why I'm called the biggest wrestling fan in the world. There's a reason why I do the things I do. There's a reason why I love this business. Because I'm a pro wrestling fan. I do my theories. I look into my stories. And I want to make sure that every story makes sense. And if there's something that's left out in the story that nobody expects, I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to predict it. And this is what's going to happen. You can doubt me, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I'm usually right in most cases. That's why I'm the biggest wrestling fan in the world. That's why I said Johnny Gargano was going to win it, and he won it. And I said there was going to be a big surprise, and there was going to be a big surprise. I predicted Austin Theory, and it was Austin Theory. That's why I'm the main event. That's why I'm the biggest wrestling fan in the world. And no one should ever doubt the main event. Ever again. Becoming the first three-time North American champion. Three times. Say it again. Three times. Three times. But the bigger story here is Austin Theory. Look at this kid. I told you he had potential. I told you he was the future. He told you he was the future. This kid's like he's made in a freaking lab. Look at him. Look at all those gifts. And now, with me, the first ever three-time North American champion. What did I tell you, Mackenzie? I told you I like making history. So maybe, you know, let's think about it. Maybe Johnny Gargano let Leon Ruff beat him just so I could beat my own record and become the first three-time North American champion. He knows. That's such a Johnny thing. It is a Johnny thing. We've been hanging out for weeks now. Hanging out. Getting to know each other. This kid, man, let me tell you, he's got it all. 
He's got it all. Oh. All of it. What's he got, Mackenzie? Tell the world what's he got. All of it? All of it. All of it. All of it. And now, and now, he's got me. And now, he's got Candace. And now, he's got Indy. Gargano family just keeps getting bigger and, and better. And now, my new adopted son. We will rule NXT just like I said we would. <laughs> let's go, let's, let's go play catch or something. Absolutely. Let's go play catch. Well, adopted son or not, congratulations go out to the new North American champion, and that is Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover is now a three-time NXT North American champion. And as I stated before, don't ever doubt the main event ever, ever again, because if you listen to this podcast and you listen to my theories and you listen to my predictions and you listen to everything that I tell you, you know that everything I tell you is true and you know that everything I tell you will and can come true. Word of advice, don't bet against me. And speaking of betting, the Undisputed Era and Team McAfee. Oh, man. <coughs> what do you say about this match? Um, um, I made the prediction that the Undisputed Era would be the ones to win the match. And the reason why, obviously the reason why I wanted them to win the match is because when you look at the last few War Games matches... Um, I had mentioned before that the Undisputed Era had won the first War Games. Uh, I think it was 2016. In the second one, they didn't win, I think. Actually, actually, let me correct that. The, uh, the Undisputed Era won the first War Games and the second War Games. They didn't win the third or fourth, uh, I think, the 2016, 2017. Uh, 2018 and 19 was where they lost. But this year, I had mentioned that I think what's going to happen, and I think this it pretty much says it all right there, I think we're going to see the Undisputed Era win over Pat McAfee. Now, Pat McAfee is a tremendous athlete. Uh Pat McAfee is the best heel going in all of, not just NXT, but in all of pro wrestling, period. And, you know, watching the matchup that happened tonight, um, it was tremendous. And it started off with uh, Kyle O'Reilly against, um, I think it was Pete Dunne. And it was perfect the way it started. So Pat McAfee would get the one-man advantage. So... Then you had, uh, let's see, you had Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne. And then the next one would be Oni Lorcan, one half of the Tag Team Champions. The next man would be um, Bobby Fish, uh, his longtime you know, Tag Team partner. And then you would also have um, uh, Danny Burch involved in the match. And then, then Roderick Strong would play in the matchup. And then Adam Cole would come in in the next matchup. And then Pat McAfee would show up. And uh, obviously, you know, everyone brought in all sorts of tools and all sorts of tables and all sorts of chairs and all sorts of stuff and everything. But Pat McAfee had brought out not one, not two, not three, but four tables. Each of them 
have the undisputed era's name on each of those tables. One was reserved for Kyle O'Reilly. One was reserved for Adam Cole. Another one was reserved for Bobby Fish. And another one was reserved for Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong went through his table. And then the other three tables, uh, Pat McAfee had went through one table. And then uh, Pete Dunne went through another table. And then there was one table left over, which would be, you know, it would be revealed as to you know, what would happen and everything else like that. So this was a tremendous war games match. And you had these men, the Undisputed Era, who have, who have experience in war games. The only person in Team McAfee that has experience would be uh, Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight. So he knows what it's like to be a part of you know, war games. And he also knows what it's like to be against the Undisputed Era. So he has an idea. He has a, a very big idea as to how all this was going to go down. These guys were putting on a fucking clinic. Um, the Undisputed Era was taking down uh, Team McAfee. McAfee was trying to do everything in his power to stay away from Adam Cole. And he tried. He really, really tried. But he was very, very unsuccessful. But like the last time, uh, Pat McAfee... You know, when I saw the match with him and Adam Cole, he put on a fucking show. He put on a damn good show. Then Pat McAfee goes ahead and pretty much does the same thing he did last time. And he was he was on a roll. He did good. You know, and Pat McAfee, not only was he the best heel, not only did he cut the best promo, he was a tremendous athlete in that ring. He already knew what he was going to do. He was at the very top of the steel cage, right? Everyone was beating the shit out of each other from left and right, head to toe, and then Pat McAfee was at the very top of the cage and he crashed on everyone. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And then <coughs> Adam Cole looked like he was about to finish off Pat McAfee because I knew that if the Undisputed Era was going to win, they were going to pin Pat McAfee. That was going to happen, but it didn't happen. Because when uh, Adam Cole hit the the Panama Sunrise, when he hit it on uh, Pat McAfee, I thought, that's it. It's over. One, two, and then he kicked out. He kicked out. I stood out of my chair. I'm like, are you fucking serious? He kicked out of the fucking Panama Sunrise? My fucking God. Pat McAfee's the fucking shit. And I kept saying that over and over again. There was nothing wrong with what Pat McAfee was doing. Each of these members, the Undisputed Era and Team McAfee, they went at each other. McAfee's team had the Undisputed Era. The Undisputed Era had Team McAfee. Everything was going in the right direction. And then in the end, um, it looked like Pete Dunne was about to put away one of the members of the Undisputed Era. And then after that, you know, you know steel chair shot here. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, Pete Dunne looked like he was about to take out Kyle O'Reilly. Adam Cole took care of that. Kyle O'Reilly, uh, I think, put there was one table left over and he put it through um, Pete Dunne. And then Pete Dunne hit one move. Or I'm not sorry, not Pete Dunne. Kyle O'Reilly had hit one move. And then one, two, three, that was it. The Undisputed Era wins their... I guess, third war games this year. 
and it was a good show. It was a very good show. I was not disappointed. I love how it went down. I was glad that the Undisputed Era won. I thought for sure that McAfee would win it. And if he would win it, he would upset a lot of people, but there would be like something changing in the air or something that would turn, but it didn't happen. So I guess you can say that the Undisputed Era prove once again they run NXT. They own NXT. And I don't think the Undisputed Era is ever going to let NXT go for a very long time. Undisputed Era, absolutely incredible performance by all of you tonight. But just how good did it feel to have Pat McAfee oh locked my in two pages with God! How good did it feel? Just imagine, imagine the best day of your life and then times that by 10. I've, I've said before how much I can't stand Pat McAfee, about how he, he's the person I've hated, hated the most here in NXT. And, and finally, his mouth didn't back up what he had to say. Finally, Pat McAfee had to be locked inside of War Games with nowhere to run with the greatest faction in WWE. Ain't that right, boys? Oh, man, I just really hope Oni and Danny have gotten rid of their false bravado. Yeah, tell me about it, man. I'm yeah. really tired of hearing Danny. Guys, for four years in a row, we've gone to war, and, and we haven't won every single year, but every single year, we've walked into that cage, a band of brothers, and we've walked out of that cage tighter, and for my money, that's something to be proud of, guys. I freaking yeah. love you guys. Yeah. I love you, too. Absolutely. It's another year in the bank, man. Right? Here's the thing. Um, we're banged up. We're really hurt. Because it's war games. But after, exactly, after every single war games, we're banged up and we're hurt. And we come back and we show the world who the hell the Undisputed Era is. We showed Pat McAfee, we showed the entire world, and now we're going to continue to show NXT what the Undisputed Era is all about. And that, what's the rest? Good. You can see it. There we go. Boom. Beautiful. She's been watching. Beautiful. Hit the pose, fellas. Here we go. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that concludes NXT TakeOver War Games. And if you guys have not had an opportunity to check out NXT TakeOver War Games, all you got to do is head over to the WWE Network right now, subscribe, and watch NXT TakeOver War Games. You will not be disappointed. And uh, I got to admit, most of my predictions came true. <clears throat> Everything came out just right. And uh, I love NXT TakeOver War Games. This was the best War Games I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, nothing has changed. Nothing has gone down. All I know is, um, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to next year's war games i can't wait to see how all that's going to turn out and so much more now uh to close this out because i'm going to try to close this out if i can um i had um i have watched uh, all the war games that i could uh the undisputed era did well so now it leaves a lot of questions now that nxt takeover war games is done now that this is finished off what's next uh no doubt uh, I don't think it's over, as far as to my knowledge, between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. Now, even though Pat McAfee's team had lost, I think there's still some unfinished business left over between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. So expect Team McAfee to somehow come back 
from this whole thing. I mean, you know, because you know how this is going to end up. It's going to end up having Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee somewhere down the road. It may happen. It may not happen. Who knows? Uh, The Undisputed Era, they may try to take over. NXT like they've always done might might take over the tag team titles they might go after the NXT tag um, NXT championship they might go after everything and speaking of the NXT championship what about Finn Balor and what about the possibility of Finn Balor against Karrion Cross? well we'll see what happens this coming Wednesday night at NXT TakeOver so guys as always the main event Wants to conclude this 100th episode with this. Don't forget to follow the main event on Facebook at facebook.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on my main event talk Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. And if you have any questions, call, find me at maineventplayer at yahoo.com. That's maineventplayer at yahoo.com. Guys, thank you for listening and thank you for watching. And as I stated before, go over to NXT TakeOver, go over to the WWE Network and check out NXT TakeOver War Games. You will not be disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the end. And thank you for uh, the 100th episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. And I will see you next time. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. There's only one match to contain this chaos. Eight fighters. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Until you are trapped inside of war games. In the match that the Undisputed Era made famous in NXT. We are going to drag the four of you through absolute hell. Anybody who is stupid enough to join Shotzi's team 
you're getting run over. My team is going to destroy at War Games. Candice, you better get yourself an army. We are going to war. Team Lorraine, you're looking at your future. Shotzi Blackheart, Rhea Ripley, and 